0: 16 of the Pilot's Journey podcast, where we discuss aviation, maintaining proficiency, and enjoying the journey. My name is Stuart Stevenson, a.k.a. Pilot Stu,
1: a private pilot in North Dallas. And my name is Stuart Stoll, a.k.a. CFI Stu, a certified flight instructor near Fort Worth, Texas. And my name's Mike Hart,
2: a.k.a. Mike Stu, private pilot and aircraft owner IFR student in Idaho Falls, Idaho.
0: We'll begin the episode with our PIREP segment. And I guess I'll start off. Uh, I had a commercial uh, training flight this morning, and um, I love my instructor that I've had for my private instrument, but I decided to make a change to a different instructor and kind of restarting my commercial uh, in earnest now. And the the change is refreshing. Uh, It's nice to get a different perspective how someone else sees the same maneuver or describes the same thing that it seems to, uh, to click a little more. And, and Stu, have you had that experience where you've got a student that uh, didn't really fit well with someone else or you, you never really could get through to?
1: Um, Yes. <laughs> uh, the the latter? Uh, no, not only once, only once for the latter. And, and I, it wasn't, he was one of those, okay, when you're an instructor every now and then, someone comes in who wants to learn how to fly that should have no business in an airplane. And, um, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm being, now, f- I haven't been told absolute- that more than three
0: or four times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, um, there are some people out there that just possessed absolutely zero problem solving skills. And, um, uh, when these these students apparently get handed off from instructor to instructor, and every now and then they'll trickle down to me, um, and because uh, I you know at one point I was one of the more senior instructors at the school, so eventually all the problem students, uh, if an instructor couldn't handle it, I eventually got them, and so there's been I can I can think of three or four only in my entire career that I couldn't teach. But um, as far as um, uh, the other other version where um, uh, I would get students and our students would come to me rather that they would want to leave their other instructor and come to me, I'd have several of those. And I would always be able to, for the most part, I would always be able to help them out and get them passed. So, yeah, it happens a lot you know i have uh this is going to be a weird metaphor or weird analogy but uh
2: i, I took ballet and uh when i was in ballet class learning it's getting muscle, weird here <laughs> <laughs> learning muscle motor skills you know where you're uh someone's trying to describe a series of uh complex maneuvers c- complex steps uh, you know, one you'd have one teacher and and she'd explain it, and it's like I just don't get it. Another one would just use a different set of language, a different set of words, and suddenly you get it. I can see Stewart is just screaming over there, and he's
1: having a hard time. I just, I just, I just was thinking that uh, we totally have the uh, name of our next show. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, we, I, we just, I we just named this episode. We just named this episode completely. Twinkle <laughs> toes
2: yeah uh, so, so but it, but you know what's funny is i uh, ballet it's 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 the same, very similar though i mean in that you're having to wire your brain to do muscle motor skills and uh and it's not easy and uh two people they're describing obviously the same exact thing but one of them it's like they can say it and they can and th- what happens is uh an instructor tends to repeat the way they've explained it that that works for them it's like i explained this this way uh <laughs> Degages and tondus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with instructors really is that um, they found the, the, the instructor used to be a student. And when he was a student, he was taught uh, a way that really benefited him. You know, he learned, right. he learned something really well a certain way. And that's, that's how it makes sense to that instructor. So he can explain it really well. One way, and it's exactly. only the instruc- its only the instructors that've been around for a few years. Um, uh, two years is a really good sweet spot for an instructor to have gained enough experience to teach on multiple levels, and to recognize what what level that student is, um, and and be able to teach to that level. Well, my situation—it—it it wasn't a communication issue or a,
0: a meshing of styles with my other my original instructor. Uh, Because obviously I went through private and instrument with him, and we really have a great relationship as friends. Uh, Part of the reason I decided to make a change was that I wasn't paying as much attention to him as I probably should have. Um, I I felt like I was anticipating what he was going to say, and uh, that that meant I wasn't learning. That I uh, I was thinking what he was going to say rather than actually listening to him. And so to hear something put a different way where I've got to stop and think, what is he trying to tell me, uh, is forcing me to pay a little more attention to what I'm doing. Um, I don't blame my original instructor at all for the change. In fact, I think he probably fully supports it. I haven't asked him point, point blank on that. Uh, the uh, the new instructor is someone who is also a close friend I've known for several years, uh, but he's much more tactile in the way he teaches. Uh, I mean, we're, we're on the ramp, you know, holding our arms out and leaning and and, uh, and banking, walking through maneuvers on the tarmac, which I've never done with my original instructor. But it's it's, it's a different way to do something that that helps me visualize, like on H on pylon, where uh, you know your your bank and your your altitude are the whole key to the maneuver. It, it just seemed to make a lot more sense when you're you're playing airplane and. You know, looking to your left, and how does that look over a point versus when you squat down and look to the left?
2: Okay, so now I've got the visual of you and your instructor out on the tarmac with your arms extended. Making airplane ballet noises. Cl- yeah. class right there. I just tell you, you, you just confirmed it. It's, uh, it's the, the whole muscle motor thing.
0: Now, we weren't going to talk oh. about what that I was wearing a tutu, right?
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to take another swig of my beard <laughs> just to man up the show a little bit. Oh, so, well, it's yeah. all right. We're all, we're, it's all right. We're all stews here, so.
0: <laughs> well, the other interesting thing I had, is, as part of getting started with a new instructor, the we, we, first thing we did was sat down and go through the experience requirements. Um, and I, I actually realized, without having actually sat down and reading the FARs word for word, that uh, one, actually two of the cross-countries I had planned on using for the qualification weren't going to count if you very carefully read it that there's a a, a cross country of uh, i think 200 miles or 100 100 mile leg which means basically a 200 mile trip
1: right right it's 250 miles and miles isn't it well that's the long cross country
0: the short one is um a day vfr um of it with of at least i think 150 miles with no leg with one leg at least 100 miles or something like that uh at any rate the, what I had planned to use for that was a, a trip that – and it had to be dual. Um, I was planning to use both a night and day that I had done during instrument training. But, you know, I hadn't actually sat down and read it, and it says day VFR or night VFR. And at those particular times, I was either on an instrument flight plan or was surely under the hood. So those don't really count, at least not to the spirit of it if or the letter of the, the, uh, the regs. So I'm going to end up doing – and what we're going to do is we're going to take a, uh, a trip probably to uh, Oklahoma somewhere or Arkansas, uh, leave in the afternoon, stop, have a nice long dinner till it's nighttime and then come back. So it'll be sufficiently long that each part of the trip
1: will count as a long cross country for day and one for night. I did my, I did that cross country from Addison, uh, the airport I believe you're going to be departing from. Um, and I did it, my 100 mile straight leg was to Little Rock, I believe, Arkansas, so um, I went there and came back. That whole Little Rock, Arkansas area, that's kind of a, a strange little series of airspaces. there. There's a lot of airports clustered together, and then there's a lot of tall antenna obstacles you have to dodge as you're coming in from that direction. I'll throw a little challenge in there. That'd be fun. Yeah, okay. just, make sure, just make sure you don't land at the Air Force Base instead of the... Uh, uh, <laughs> general aviation airport. <laughs>
0: I did you a trip wanna... into Shreveport one time. It was that same kind of situation with an Air Force base. Barksdale Air Force, Air Force base is right near the, uh, the the main, I think the downtown airport. And You have to be really careful because they're not very far apart. And uh, At the time, I was doing it by VOR, not by GPS, so you have to be double careful.
1: Yeah, that was my mistake. I was doing it by GPS, too. Luckily... I do everything with flight following, and the controller made sure I was going to the right airport.
0: <laughs> well, I was on instrument flight plan then, too, so that, that was part of my instrument training. In fact, in fact, that was one of the ones I was planning to use for my uh, my short cross-countries that got disqualified because of the IFR part. Well, Mike, you had some news of your own this week. Uh, what was
2: that? Well, uh, I uh, signed up for, on Friday of last week, I uh, signed up to go take my written uh, for the IFR and yay, verily yay, I passed. I got, uh, well, I was going to be covert and say, to find out my score, you have to buy me a beer at Oshkosh.
0: I'd Uh, go for that.
2: (laughs) And so uh, it's not a bad score. It's a good, it's a decent score. It's not a great score. Uh, so f- for anybody who buys me a beer at Oshkosh, I will disclose. Um, and, uh, I do, w- I will disclose that, Rod uh, Rodriguez, uh, gave me, told me his score and he beat mine and therefore I owe him a beer. Um, <laughs> and Stu, didn't you say you got like a 98 or 92? Uh,
0: well, I haven't taken my, uh, commercial written this, yet,
2: but this was your IFR.
0: IFR I got, uh, I missed one question on that and I think I missed two on the private. Uh, Which my instructor you are. said I studied way
2: too hard. I was going to say, man, you are. What's funny is I I, I got a, a bad case of. Uh, uh, once I had it was, you know the, the test questions were rolling my way. It was like, oh, I've got it. I've already got it. I've kind of sort of like when you have the runway made, you can add flaps, and uh, when when you feel like you have the IFR test made, uh, you can blow off questions, and uh, that's kind of kind of way I got. Uh, Towards the end, there was a couple of questions where it's like, "Yeah, I don't feel like doing the math." So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like I knew I had had the test done, th- that it was made, so I kind of got lazy. Uh, and and uh,
0: well, I give a lot of a credit of for things. my score to uh, to Glime and their study guides, and to the
2: the Sporty Study Buddy uh, <laughs> online tests. You know, th- those were both good. In fact, well, I had one disappointment with Glime. I did their online. I I signed up for their online uh, thing, and the one the, the thing that would have definitely, have, in fact, I'd rec- highly recommend anybody who's interested in doing it, uh, if you picked up the GLIME online course early on, it would be totally worthwhile because they make you take all those uh, practice tests, or not practice tests, they won't let you move on to the next section until you've answered, my gosh, just about every question there is. Uh, but the problem was I signed up for the GLIME I don't know, a couple of weeks before I was actually maybe it was the week before uh, I signed up for the IFR test because I just was going to do it for a review and the downside of the glime was it wasn't going to let me move on to the next two, you know, you do two sections you can have two sections running concurrently but you can't get out of those sections until you've answered all the questions and I think they make you answer a ton of them uh, and and I was just using it for a quick review and it wouldn't let me move on. But I did find, a, I, I did come up with a trick. I gamed the system uh, and found a way around that little, I, I called Glime originally and said, look, you know, do I have to take all these questions to move on? Because I'm just using this as a review. And they're like, yeah, that's how we designed it. You have to go through all those test questions and you know, before you get out of a single section, you have to do you know, 40 or 50 questions uh, and answer them and then move on to the next thing. Uh, but anyway, I found a way around it. And anybody wants to uh, contact me, I'll no, I'll give you the, the, the secret hint is, you you cut and paste the URL and just change the numbers of which section you're in, and it will you can do the the little online flash lesson for each of the sections. So now, that was now helpful. you
0: see you, you blew that. That could have been another bear for each one of those.
2: Oh, yeah. I know. I could my secret my secret. You know, the, so that was a that was a handy little thing. I, I first was kind of mad at Glime because. I, they did it that way, and I, and I understand their, their methodology. of The why, pedago- you know, from a pedagogy stance, why they would design it that way because you get really good results. But I kind of bought the the online courses just a you know I just wanted it as a quick review, but I was stymied because I couldn't do it as a quick review. I had to do it as a thorough sit down and, and burn a couple hours to get from one section to the next.
1: Well, if you want uh, a quick review um, for if you ever do another uh, written test, uh, exams4pilots.org. Uh, that's the number for exams, number 4pilots.org. Uh, let's you set up a really quick practice written test. Um, what I think it is, is it's, it's, it's more of a, a written test wiki that then aggregates questions for your needs, if that makes sense. So you come in and okay. say, I want to private pilot. And then it'll just randomly grab a whole bunch of private pilot questions. Uh, and you to select how many questions you want. You can do 10 or 100 or whatever. And then at the end, it'll grade it for you and show you what questions you got wrong. And it's all what free. Are, uh, Look, it's, it's pass or fail at a 70. So if you, oh got, exactly. if, if you got more than a 70, you, you got too many points, in my I'm opinion. Well
2: over, I'm well over 70. And for a beer at Oshkosh, you can find out the real answer speaking of Oshkosh,
0: that's rapidly approaching. The, the NOTAM is out, so if you're planning to fly in, definitely download it, read it, get to know it, memorize it, uh, sleep on it, whatever. Um,
2: unfortunately, I won't be able to use it for that, but Mike, you will, right? That's the plan. Uh, I, 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 the plane is, is kind of in my name and uh, ready for the, uh, for the trip. And uh, it's kind of marked on my calendar. And, you know, last year I was planning on going and we had a crack in the spinner. Uh, showed up right, you know, literally the weekend or the week before. And it took a while to get a new spinner ordered. And so that pretty much, because I was planning on flying, I, I really didn't have, I just didn't have the heart to go fly commercial or do, get there any, uh, any other way. Because I really didn't have a reason to go. I mean, I did and I didn't. The main reason I wanted to go to Oshkosh was to fly my plane to Oshkosh. Uh, I mean, that was the driving factor. Now I have more reasons to go, but I still, uh, one of the major drivers is the fact that my plane needs to find its way to Oshkosh and learn the route, and I need to be in it when it does. It sounds good to me. As well as the fact that, obviously, uh, hanging out at uh, the my transponder camp and... Uh, Potentially having press credentials, which it sounds like you're working on for us. Uh, i got that
0: in the works. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, th- I'm also going to be working on EA radio, uh, trying to help out a little bit and doing some editing for the folks there. And I'm looking forward to that because it's a great way to meet a lot of people, both in the, uh, the, the podcast world as far as, as well as people in the air show business and just you know, some of the great people at Oshkosh in general.
2: Well, you know that's one of the things uh, I was thinking I ought to do some volunteering as well. Although uh, my first Oshkosh, I'm I'm kind of being miserly with my time. I I'm, I, I might want to soak it in and then be a volunteer in future years. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what the opportunities are and what you I mean. I think part of one of the benefits of volunteering is is that's part of what the show is about is is hanging out and being with the regulars and being with people who are are. Uh, participating in, in different aspects of it, whether it's teaching classes or doing uh, air shows or there's, there's just so m- Heck, having never been there, all I can do is imagine what Oshkosh is. And uh, uh so anyway, your I'm, first
0: year, I'm, I'm glad I didn't volunteer for much last year. Okay. Um, because the first year you're going to walk around primarily drooling over aircraft.
2: <laughs> With uh, your jaw dropped, right? right.
0: And you, you do strange things like uh, I took a welding uh, forum course. Uh, i don 't know that i 'll need to be welding anytime soon, but it was kind of fun. Um, Lincoln has a great expo there, and they, they have uh, they give forums and you know actually hands on where you actually take a little piece of aluminum or steel and and uh, make some sparks fly we 're not sure at this point we still think it'll be uh, traditionally Potapalooza for the last three years has been on the friday the last Friday of the show uh, after the air, right after the air show completes. Uh, okay. for an hour on ea rate ea radio than it normally continues for about another hour after that off the air um this year it looks like we'll be getting the large forum which uh, holds a lot more people both on the stage and uh in the audience uh and it has become a little at least last year my only experience it was very crowded both on stage and in the forum audience so it'd be nice to have a lot more elbow room and be able to fit all the new podcasters that are coming onto the, the scene all on the stage at the same time. I'm so (laughs)
1: jealous.
0: (laughs) Well, we're also going to try to uh, bring in at least a few people via Skype uh, for, you know, probably not the entire segment, but uh, just, you know, have a little part where the, for instance, the guys down under, they aren't going to be able to make it this year. So we're going to try to find a way to bring them in uh, actually a live connection versus a recorded uh, piece they did last year. And, uh, It'll really be nice, I think, we we'll gonna have better equipment, we'll have better uh, venue, and they're probably going to be able to uh, put both hours on EAA radio and uh, let us run the full length there. So that, that's in the works, and uh, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a, a great show this year. We've got a lot of new people joining the the, the the platform this year, and it should be really interesting.
2: Well, you've got to plug uh, your aggregator uh, site for podcasters because, I mean, there there are a lot of podcasts coming online and joining, and uh, both uh, anybody interested in podcasting should go to? Aviationpodcasts.net. There we go. and uh, That's also going to be oh, found
0: at thevoicesinyourhead.com. Thanks to Steve Tupper for
2: uh, providing oh, that, so, that
0: bit of inspiration.
2: So, you know, well, I, I think, you know, the, the community of podcasters is going to grow, but I think the idea of an aggregator site is just a – uh, well, it's a good idea. I, I obviously started out as a consumer of podcasts, and uh, man, you're just always looking for more of them, and they, they pop up, and then they, they pop up, and they fade. So there are some that you know that kind of, and and then those that pop up fade, and then res- resurge, like PilotCast. Uh, uh, the having an aggregation site means that uh, you know you can kind of catch the ebbs and flows of the community, and I think that's a really cool. That was a my shout out already is to you, Stu, for for coming up with that idea. I think that was really clever.
0: Well, we're finding new shows every week. And unfortunately, uh, we're getting a lot of submissions where people say, hey, I, I heard about this, this new show. There. For instance, there's one um, that's starting in, I believe, Spain or Portugal know. Oh. and uh, but no one seems to know that it's in spanish apparently so no one seems to know the name or you know, the URL where we can go get more information you know we love to have spanish and french and there's i know there's a french and a um i believe an italian uh, podcasts out there, but again, not speaking those languages, it's hard for me to find them to to get them added to the the index there. So again, if anyone is listening to those, you, even if or not listening, but knows specifically where those are, we'd love to have the input. And on the uh, aviationpodcast.net website, there's a place to submit new web uh, new URLs for. Uh, podcast and we'd love to have any reference to those because
2: uh, right english or not english
0: or not it, that doesn't matter i mean there, there are certainly people all over the world that have a love of aviation and uh in, in most instances i suspect there's someone either willing or or already started a podcast in that language
2: oh you know what would be great is if we could get a, a a show promo done completely in italian or spanish or chinese or <laughs> portuguese <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Los Aviacionos. Uh, I was going to say, what does Mike do in Portuguese? That's my question.
0: I think we'd have to get the bleepers out for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other so, thing that is kind of on the, the technology side that's in the works, and uh, we actually started experimenting a little bit for this episode, but uh, within the next two to three episodes, we hope to have a Ustream feed out so that. Uh, with some announcements on Twitter and Facebook and so forth that we can let people know when we're going to be recording and they can actually see a live video feed. Uh, hopefully we won't scare too many children with that.
2: I was uh, going to say, uh, probably, probably more valuable than the live video feed is the fact there's a chat room so that people can uh, participate, throw us questions, basically become part of the podcast, if uh, you know, if, if no other way than by uh, by. Being online and, and watching and uh, and also being a part of the uh, uh, the youth stream uh, chat room, which would be again just one more layer of bringing it to being more interactive and live. But uh, yeah, as we right. discovered tonight, uh, there's we're still having uh, technology difficulties, and uh, I wouldn't call them difficulties. It's just mostly learning curve. It's just like uh, like everything. You have to get it dialed in, and then you get to go live. So we're getting it dialed in.
1: So, if you want to be a part of the chat room, um, you need to follow uh, Pilot's Journey at Twitter, and we'll start posting uh, about an hour, thirty minutes to an hour before the uh, uh, show uh, well, starts recording. I'm sorry. Well, can we can we redo that again? Why go kill oh, my dog? No, I love your dog. That dog <laughs> is
2: great. Don't don't no complaints about the dog. He's <laughs> 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 oh, That was
1: good. So anyway, if you wish to uh, join the chat room while we record live and join us, um, you need to follow at Pilot's Journey on Twitter. Uh, we'll be posting uh, about anywhere between an hour to 30 minutes before we go live um, on that day. So that's that's how you can uh, find out when we're going to be recording live. And we'll also uh, tweet periodically through the week
0: coming up before that, just to, the time frame so that you'll know that's going to be on uh – Thursday night at seven central, or Wednesday, or whatever day it happens to be,
2: and and uh, and hopefully the first ones will. If we if we do our jobs well and do some good pre flight uh, training, then uh, then the first ones will be good. But uh, any forbearance and patience would be welcome, as well as any advice on uh, on getting Soundflower and uh, Ustream and uh, I, w- tonight, when we were practicing, we got everything except for. In fact, it was all working just beautifully. Other than I couldn't hear anybody. I could. Everything was broadcasting. All three of us were going online.
1: Uh, just one problem: I couldn't hear any of it. So. Uh, and and make- ideally. And ideally, what we would like is that we just can't hear him. So. <laughs> I
2: was just thinking that too. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: I kid. I kid.
0: We'd like to welcome back Michael Combs, entrepreneur, author, speaker, musician, and the pilot behind the Flight for the Human Spirit, a flight that will take him to all 50 U.S. states in a light sport aircraft. Well, Michael, it's been about uh, just about a year since you were with us last, and uh, anything new going on in your life?
3: Uh, No. I didn't think so.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. We really enjoyed it. Uh, (laughs) Really been great talking to you. You know, I love pilots. They're so chatty. If you can, why don't oh, yeah. you give us a recap of kind of what you've been doing over the last
4: year?
3: Absolutely, Stuart. I I, I, I had to be a little bit funny there. I'm a little bit, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's punch-happy or slap-happy at this point, but I've uh, uh, been in that little airplane for a few days now, yeah, that's for sure. But uh, over the last year, I have uh, put together a project, a mission called the Flight for the Human Spirit, and it's, uh, Essentially, what I'm doing right now is I'm in the middle, literally in the middle of this uh, project where I took off from Salina, Kansas on April the 8th, flying a light sport aircraft. It's a Remos GX light sport aircraft into all 50 states, 135 stops, and it looks like it's going to be right around 20,000 miles.
2: Wow.
0: You're probably going to have to change the tires on that thing before you're done with it.
3: You know, it's very interesting. These are the original tires on the plane, and uh, I had the annual done on this uh, about two weeks before takeoff, and we opted to, to keep those same tires on, and they're they're looking very good. We're about halfway through the trip, and uh, I I really don't think I'm going to have to replace them.
2: You must be greasing the landings then. None of those sideways crosswinds slided across <laughs> or, or, or landing I, with the brakes on for you, huh?
3: I tell you, I try to be a very conscientious lander, and uh, I think that's part of it. But, uh, you know, you never never can be too careful, especially with those crosswind landings, which I've had more than my share, that's for sure.
0: Well, so far you've had a lot of wind on the trip from just following along on your website.
3: I have. You know, the very beginning of the trip, we were actually delayed for four days due to high winds. And even on the, and, and of course that comes with Kansas, I know that, but even on the first day we had an hour and a half delay when we had reached Kansas City, um, I was taxiing to take off to head to the last stop of the day in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, those winds kicked up to around 23 to 25 knots straight across the runway, and, and I just promptly taxi back. But it was interesting, the next day, Evansville, Indiana, and then Lexington, Kentucky, we had the same thing, just crosswinds. Uh, winds have been a tough problem with this little plane, only because, obviously, it's a light plane, and uh, the winds push around pretty good, but uh, uh, we've, we've had a lot of winds up in the sky as well. It's not just on landings, it's, uh, uh, just flying into the winds and across the winds up in the sky has been uh, giving us a little tumble from time to time.
0: Overall, how, how well has the Remos performed on the trip so far?
3: Uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 100, I would put it at 105 or greater. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is, it, I know. It is absolutely fantastic. And um, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it really, that that little plane has been shaken sideways, up and down, every way it could. Uh, I would say to Michelle last week, my wife, I said, I feel like I'm a... A jelly bean in a can, and <laughs> but you know what? I have no no problems whatsoever getting in that aircraft to fly the next leg and knowing that it's going to make it. And that really, over over the time that uh, we've been flying now, it really has taken that edge off of of me, uh, wondering if I'm going to make it to the next stop for, for one problem or another. It's nice to have that type of confidence in an aircraft for this type of a trip.
0: Oh, it really is. Uh, when we talked before, you were thinking that you might be able to take the plane to some uh, like shopping malls or uh, Times Square and things like that to, to show it off a little bit outside of the airport environment. Have you been able to do that?
3: We did once before the trip uh, where we put it into uh, a mall actually down in Texas, which was a fantastic experience. Uh, some of the logistics for the trip, we decided not to go that way. Um, it, just, it just made more sense to push when we could push, and, and uh, uh, we've had a number of weather delays as it is, so I think it was a good decision to make.
0: Well, have you run into anything that was surprising along the way, either through weather or logistics or just some of the people that you've met along the way?
3: That's a great question. I think you hit it right on the head with, with the people i mean i have been absolutely amazed at at how people have been touched by this flight um as you know from my my uh interview a year ago i hard to believe it's been that long already but uh my whole focus here with this flight is to encourage people to never ever give up on their dreams and um it's amazing how that message is really coming across with this flight. I've had people who, it, it's not just aviation. I mean, my greatest greatest fan base seems to be pilots who started to get their licenses years ago and then stopped and are now back in the seat again or, or soon to be back in the seat to finish up and get their license and get up in the sky. Uh, But it's interesting because it's not just aviation. We have people who have have been motivated by this flight to mend relationships or to start their own new businesses, whatever those might be. It's just uh, fascinating to see what kind of of an outreach this, this flight really has had in ways that I had never thought that it would.
2: You know, that, that's a real, it's really interesting. I, I've talked, my my dad was one of those uh, people that
3: uh,
2: started flying when he was, oh, a young bachelor and then got married and never, you know, I think he had soloed. And then when he got married, that just, you know, fell off the, the list. And then when he retired uh, or as he was get, approaching retirement, uh, I was in high school. He uh, went, you know, basically remembered that he had always wanted to do that and, and and did he got his license, and I got my license in the process uh, as an 18-year-old. But it sounds like uh, you're you're basically finding lots of people that do that, uh, get started, and then life gets in the way, and then you're reminding them, no, that's what life is for.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, Mike, and it, it, there's no question. Uh, I see them all the time, and I have emails from them consistently, saying, you inspired me to be back up in the air, and. Uh, and back up in the areas to keep key point there.
2: Uh, what percentage of, of your you know when you when you land in a city, what uh, uh, your audience, the people who come to greet you, what percentage of it it comes from uh, general aviation versus uh, other outreach activities you have?
3: Oh man, I would say most of them, seventy to eighty percent, are are uh, aviation enthusiasts. Okay, and. And I'm not really surprised because every time I stop, it's an historic event, you know, and, and that's what's fine, and, and only aviation enthusiasts would recognize that. Um, you know, most, most people don't, don't even think about those, those types of an impact that it might make over, over history, uh, so they tend to just uh, look, look at their own life and, and stay at work. I can give a perfect example. I was in Dayton, Ohio, and I had a guy who said, "You know what? I was walking out the door to come meet you, and I walked by five cubicles, and each one of those five cubicles, they were following you live online (laughs) with the satellite tracking that I've got in the plane." And he says, "You know what?" And he said he figured out. He says, "You know what? I'm going to go meet this guy in person." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, that's just a perfect example, you know We have all these people following, you know, but you get to the airport And there really are the aviation enthusiasts they are the people who appreciate something like that That are, are actually there at the airport, yes.
0: Well, I know you, you've probably yeah. met a bunch of people so far on the trip but Is there any particular uh, person or circumstance that stands out in your mind?
3: Boy you know, there's, there's a handful for sure, but we've had some, some interesting people um, who are just so sincere about what we've done to help change their life for the better. And uh, it's the coolest thing, Stuart. I tell you, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you wonder what you could do with a little light sport aircraft and a piece of concrete. And uh, there it is. It's touching line.
1: And I recall that
0: there was even someone that decided to start a relationship based on your project even before you'd left the ground. Is that right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We had a guy um, last last fall, last November. He had emailed me and said, uh, you know what? Your story has been so inspiring. Uh, You going after your dreams. He says, my dream was to marry this woman. And so... uh, I figured if you're going out pursuing your dreams, I'm pursuing mine, so I have asked her to marry me. <laughs> Just like aviation, that's
0: an expensive thing.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, it's, it's interesting, too. I had a, another woman who uh, was up there in, in years, and she had never been able to connect with her son. She had two boys, and, and one she could always relate to, the other she couldn't. Now, as he got older, uh, he really became a, an aviation fan, and he told her about the flight. And um, somehow, some way that we had put this project together, she was able to really relate to. I, I don't know if it was the YouTube videos or whatever it is, that how I explained things was in a way that she could understand, because, as you know, I'm... I'm uh, New to the pilot seat as well, and uh, it's cool because now they're talking. This mother and son are talking every night, and they attribute it directly to the flight to the human spirit. That's true. The relationship they are able to—they have been able to put together that they never thought they would find a way. Uh, Unbelievable things like that that just—they'll blow me away. You here we're halfway through. I just wonder what the second half will bring now.
2: How many hours did you have when you embarked on this trip versus how many you, how do you have now?
3: I started with roughly 150 hours. Uh, so uh, last October I got my wings. It was October the 16th. Um, and I had roughly 45 to 50 hours at that point, And then another 100 hours of just testing and flying and and getting more comfortable, and then now, uh, back just today, uh, I've added it that. But I'm, I'm right around the 250 range now. So the flight has been, um, you know, 100 hours or so.
2: Are you feeling that sense of proficiency with the with each passing day, where you feel more and more confident?
3: Yes, absolutely. It, it's interesting because I, I was uh, thinking back that when I was in. Flight training, the thought of flying tomorrow, my palms will get sweaty, and now they don't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now they get itchy because you're ready to go.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I was out at the plane today just getting shined up, ready to to go back up in the sky, and uh, I was ready right there, and let me tell you, the sky was nice, and it's like, okay, let's let's not wait, let's just go. uh, uh, Yeah, and, and a lot of it is just, the level of experience that i've had on this flight uh i mean talk about just getting thrown into thrown into the world of aviation there is no other better way that i can think of than going on this trip i mean i've flown in bravo charlie and delta airspace and uh, boy i've flown into international airports as well as little family-owned single strip airports along the way here and uh They've all been a great, great experience, but you add all of that together, it really has given me some nice flying experience.
2: I bet. Now, is how is it working out in terms of your the planning? Is the planning portion except You know, one of the things I always remember on planning on long cross-countries is, you know, there's there's the, the all the plan and routing, and here's how I'm going to get from A to B to C, and then there's the reality of once you're in the air and, you know, Dodging weather or winds, or uh, have you been pretty true to your plans, or have you had to make a, do a little bit of ad libbing along the way?
3: That is a great, great question. A fantastic question, actually. I it, it took me months to put the, the entire route together, and I mean by turn by turn, going to this point and making a turn in this direction, and on and on. I've got everything calculated that way, but. Of course, in the real world, <laughs> thrown it off. You know, one is flight following, which I am exclusively using for this trip. And so many of the routes that I laid out for myself, for instance, I would uh, route myself around Bravo airspace that I'm not flying into, for instance, or around uh, restricted areas or military flight areas, anything like that. Where with flight following, many times they'll they'll that you directly through the Bravo airspace, uh, or they say, well, this military area is cold today, so go ahead and fly directly there. So that's that's one way uh, where it, it has been a nice deviation from what I had originally laid out. But the other one, of course, is weather, and you right. hit right on the head. A okay. um, couple of times really come to mind. Uh, one is we took off from Bangor, Maine flew to Eastport, Maine, which is the furthest town on the east side of the U.S., um, up to Millinocket, Maine, up in the mountains. And then we're on our way to Vermont. Well, we took off at about 15 minutes after takeoff. The clouds just started bubbling around us and storms were breaking out. So we had to to, uh, obviously change our route to the south. And it ended up that I was within three miles of the point where I started out from for that day. I mean, I looked out my window and looked at that airport, the same runway that I took off from that morning. Oh, I refused to land there.
0: (laughs) At least you had a sense of accomplishment for the day.
3: (laughs) Fortunately, we forged onward. But, no, that added an extra, I think, an hour and 17 minutes to that particular leg, uh, which was a and it was a long leg as it was. I think it was a two-and-a-half-hour scheduled leg. And if you added an extra hour and 15 minutes or so to that, it was, a, it was a long flight. But we've had several of those. That's not the first one. We've had several where we've had to really alter the, the route due to weather.
2: From a flying standpoint, are, are there things you look forward to, like tailwinds or things you grimace at in, in terms of when you, when you read the forecast for the next day?
3: I, uh, yeah, tailwinds are okay. Um, it's funny how in this airplane, you really don't worry about the fuel efficiency as much. Uh, I mean, I'm averaging 3.5 to 5.2 gallons an hour in fuel burn. That's just an overall average. So it's not too bad even in headwinds or uh, some of the tailwinds we've had, it's been as low as 2.5 at times, which has been awesome. Right. Uh, I mean, you feel as though you could just fly all day, and I thought something was wrong until we put fuel in, and we'd flown several hundred miles and just uh, barely put any gas in it. It's awesome.
2: Mike, you get
0: about the same uh, fuel burn on your 182, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. If I was in the.
2: (laughs) I think about four times that. Uh, I always count on 12 gallons an hour. Anytime I hear anybody talking about light sport, uh, I get. Burn envy, gas burn envy. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I don't blame you. Yeah,
2: Well, and that, but the, and the other thing is, those Remos also have a big, big cockpit. I mean, it's only a two-seater, but it's 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 spacious. They, I mean, they. Uh, I, I ha, I've seen the Remos and the C T L S, and they both uh, that they're very. Uh, I think. The, I wouldn't doubt that they're as wide or wider than the 182, aren't they?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, uh, and, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's around 50 inches wide. Yeah,
2: I think you got me beat.
3: <laughs> and, and I tell you, you know, being in in that type of an environment for so long through one day to the next, it's, it's nice that uh, uh, I can say that my wife and I are still good (laughs) friends after flying so many miles together and part of that is because we're not crawling on top of each other when we want to drink water or just a stretch, you know
2: Now what percentage of the trip is she joining you for?
3: Uh, You know, I would estimate uh, probably about 70% Oh,
2: so that's nice, you have a companion to to join you for uh, passing the
3: miles Yeah, absolutely Um, In fact, that seat has not been empty yet Uh, We've had our kids in, and uh, I had a friend in there when I landed in Denver. A good, good dear friend of mine was flying with me for uh, one leg, and uh, it's just been great to be able to share this with with uh, family and friends like this.
0: You've got about ten thousand miles to go. Have you got everything lined up for the rest of the trip? Uh, I know you've got a schedule, but uh, as far as accommodations and fuel and all that, have you got it all lined up?
3: No. Um, it's been interesting because a lot of people, what we found is they really want to be involved in some way, uh, and, and that includes airports and FBOs, uh, and, and more than just hosting us when we land, uh, because we're there so many times for just uh, a half hour to an hour, and then we're on to the next, next stop. Uh, so a lot of those uh, facilities are, are contributing to the fuel for the, the trip. And we've also had uh, bed and breakfasts in certain areas as well as hotels. Uh, I'll put it up for the night. You know, the only time where it's confusing is um, if, if we have to stop the flight day because of weather, friend. And I can tell you story after story of just we, we thought we would have four stops or six stops in a day, but the weather ahead is prohibited. us from moving onward, and every pilot who's uh, flown cross-country can relate to that. Uh, and that's, that's where it just, everything gets messed up all of a sudden because we had a hotel at Point C out there, but now we're at Point C instead. And uh, so we, we have to do some scrambling. Uh, but, you know, there, there are a few things that I'm looking at. Uh, for instance, when we got... When we end up in Bellingham, Washington, the original plan was... To hold the wings on the Remos, put it into a trailer, and truck it up to Alaska. But I was talking to a gentleman in Denver who said, just have a pilot fly with you and just fly it over Canada or through Canada. You don't have to truck it that far. Uh, and as you know, the sport pilot license won't let you fly internationally. So uh, that's, I'm trying to show what you can do with the sport pilot's license, uh, which I think we've been been doing very well but that that would certainly help move that trip along once we get up to the northwest part of the country and
0: um we've got uh, some friends with the hangar 49 podcast that uh, might be able to, to lend a hand there they're up in spokane I, area
3: it would be awesome if uh, if somebody would step up and just volunteer to say yeah i will fly with you uh from, from bellingham washington to Ketchikan, alaska uh, and and then the, so, and I actually will be putting that out there, so uh, I will let you guys put it out there first and see if we can get somebody lined up. It would just uh, be a great burden off of me, let me tell you. Uh,
2: no, that would also, yeah, obviously, it would be cheaper, cheaper, more fun, and, and uh, probably faster to, to just do it with avgas rather than with a diesel truck or a train or a boat
3: absolutely absolutely and I understand that that road is not the best one to be trailering an aircraft on so uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's
3: a lot of good things that could come out of that so I'm about 85 percent sure that that's the way we're gonna go that's far different from what I had originally envisioned and the nice part is is we'll be able to uh, to bring our Canadian brothers into this project you know, even though it's right. just a few stops but no, you know, I, I would love to put a Canadian flag on onto that aircraft as well, and just uh, just
2: make it fun. Following your the rest of your mission, uh, Canadians have dreams too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. that's right. No, I don't think the. I think that that's the nice thing about your message. It's I think the message you're carrying out with you. Obviously, we're interested in the aviation part, but I. I you know, listen to you on the pilot's flight pod log and it really is inspiring. I mean, it's it's a great message and it's a great, you know, aviation is a, as a tool to get people to examine their lives and look at, uh, what they, how they could be living to the fullest or living without regrets or not putting off their dreams until some time in the future. I mean, that's, that's just a, a universal message. And I think that's, it's really cool to, uh, for you to have taken, you know, your dream of, of flight, uh, Turn it into reality and then share it i, I think it's it, it is inspirational I think it's really cool that you're doing that
3: Mike um, you, you you made my day thank you so much i uh it's it's just what I wanted um, you know again I just uh, I, I wasn't sure how this was all going to be as far as how it would be received, particularly in the pilot community that they have been by far the best fans of this flight, and you know you, you talk about aviation there's something about an airplane in the sky, isn't there? It's just some something within us that uh it's like seeing the the peace or enjoying the peace of a fountain or a, a river there's just some mystique about seeing what men can do and uh i I am reminded of that every time i 'm up there looking down just uh. What an amazing gift it is that we all have to be able to fly in the sky like
0: this. Well, Mike, is there uh, anything that people can do to get in touch with you or to, to either volunteer or to, to show up at the airport when you land, and or just anything to encourage you and uh, express their support?
3: Any and all um, at this point. You know, of course, there's their financial side, and I would be remiss to say that uh, anybody that wants to contribute, certainly can. Uh, we, we've even added uh, some some uh, places where they can buy a cup of coffee, you know, or a, a pop the tank off of fuel or things like that to make it fun. Uh, you know, so that certainly is, is uh, one side of it. But another, and, and you mentioned it, and let me just be a little personal here, but, uh, you know, this has been a very grueling trip. Um, as you can imagine, there have been times where you know we've, we've flown three to four to five days in a row, uh, stopping at three to four to six different airports in a day. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you know, just that encouragement is, is good to hear, uh, just to know that we're doing some good out here, we're, we're really being able to touch those lines. And, Anybody who just come to the airport and, and stay high is, is always appreciated or shoot us an email or give a shout out on a blog or a podcast where we're, we're at, at that point now where I think for the sake of our team, uh, you know, just trying to make sure that our team knows that all of their efforts and everything that they're doing, I mean, we have one of our greatest fans i met in Kansas City and... He made the mistake of asking, what can I do to help, and that we put him to work. And he is actually spending day after day after day contacting airport FBOs and airport directors and getting all of those stops lined up ahead for us. Um, it's just good to know for all of our team that we're, we're doing some good out there for, for the greater mass of people. And and uh, any of those words of encouragement out there are at this point tonight would be very much appreciated.
0: Well, people can get in touch with you. Uh, is the website the best way?
3: Yes, absolutely. It's uh, www.flighths.com. And HS is for human spirit. It's the flight for the human spirit. Uh, or you can find it just by Googling uh, flight for the human spirit. But that's that's the best way. We've got the live satellite tracking. And uh, we really, it's amazing the social side of this uh, since you and I last talked, Stuart, just how that social media side has really come into play with this flight. But we actually average about 125,000 hits a day on our website, oh, which is unbelievable that we've got that type of uh, traffic following on this uh, on this flight.
0: Well, I know Michelle is real busy on both Facebook and Twitter as well.
3: <laughs> she is. I tell you, she's got her own cult following, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some secret admirers out
0: there, too. <laughs> well, Michael, we sure appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you're you're very busy these days, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, hopefully, right as you're wrapping up the flight, we can try to touch base with you again.
3: I would love that. You guys are family, so anytime, just let me know.
0: All right, and I look forward to seeing you when you come land in Denton in a, a couple weeks, I think, or a week.
3: Won't be long. I'm almost there.
0: I look forward
2: to it. And I'm going to have to when when you swing into Idaho, I'll uh if your schedule aligns with mine, I'll I'll see if I can track you down.
3: I look forward to it, Mike. I really do.
2: Great. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for spreading the word. It's uh, very much appreciated from all pilots in GA. I think we we love it when uh, other people are out there spreading the gospel, and uh, and and yours comes with multiple messages, and it's a good thing.
3: It does. I appreciate you coming. Thanks, guys. You take care.
4: Flight Plans, Not Fairy Tales is the tagline of Girls with Wings, a nonprofit organization encouraging more girls to have an interest in aviation. Our interactive website, girlswithwings.com, features stories of women in aviation explaining what they do and why they love it, so they can inspire girls to reach their full potential. Learn about our presentations at girls groups, purchase a t-shirt with a slogan, It's Not How Tall You Are, It's How High You Fly, at our online pilot shop, and support our mission by becoming a Girls with Wings crew member. Donations and other fundraising go towards our educational outreach activities and private pilot scholarships. Visit our booth at Oshkosh and become a fan of our Facebook pages. You can also sign up for our newsletter, read the blog, and follow at Girls with Wings on Twitter. Follow our mascot, Penelope Pilot, too. She's got her own website at PenelopePilotProject.org and has her own book, Penelope Pilot and Her First Day as Captain. We can entertain girls while we educate them that, yes, girls can fly.
1: hello everybody this is robert sigliano from the new pilot pod Block, the aviation podcast from the perspective of a new private pilot and you are listening to the pilot's journey podcast so continue to listen and then be sure to join me on my journey as i transition from a student pilot to a private pilot
2: Today, my uh, my recommended featured site uh, is going to be one of my favorites, and it's it's kind of up and coming. Uh, shortfield.com. That's shortfield singular, not shortfields. Uh, shortfield.com, and it's obviously geared towards short fields. Uh, but uh, shortfield.com, it, it's a really cool interactive site in that you you go there and uh it's mostly for backcountry but to be honest it's for any any fields that are short uh it's probably dominantly for people in out here in the west but uh, you can get uh, descriptions of uh, runways uh, pilot reports on uh, what's there and then videos photos uh, people's uh, descriptions. And that's really important, particularly for these backcountry runways. I mean, things change. Uh, there was a cabin creek a couple of years, last year, there was a big forest fire that uh, went through. And then after a forest fire, you end up with uh, uh, gullies because uh, the after a rainstorm, after a forest fire, there's nothing to hold the rocks and, and drainage away from the runway. So you can end up with more rocks on the runway and uh, there was a lot of damaged aircraft, so, you know, a chance to get pilot reports on the conditions of some of these backcountry runways, as well as uh, tips and tricks and videos, a chance to kind of whet your appetite on what uh, there is in store for you in some of these places. And they, they cover a huge amount of ground uh, between California, uh, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Colorado, I'm not sure how far-reaching it is, but it's really only as far-reaching as the pilots who populate it. It's basically crowdsourced. Uh, anybody who has a video can submit it. Uh, it's it's well-indexed, uh, well and uh, it's just a neat site. And then the other thing, the guy who sponsors it, uh, Chris Gage, uh, also has a pilot store which helps subsidize the, uh, the, the cost of him running that, that site. Uh, and in fact, I I just got my my little techie gear uh, one of those spot find me uh, GPS emergency gizmos, uh, which I guess I, you know maybe I ought to do a product review in a future episode because I haven't really used it enough to know much about it other than I bought it from him and he shipped it out to me right away and it was great service and and I also feel good about buying it from a a guy who is running a really cool community service for the web, which is shortfield.com. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Of course, that link will be in the show notes. Uh, We'll be
0: bringing a featured site each episode, so if you know of a site that we should be showcasing, just drop us a line at crew at pilotsjourneypodcast.com. Listening to the Pilot's Journey Podcast. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or experiences. You can reach us at our website at www.pilotjourneypodcast.com. You can also get your comments played on the show by emailing an MP3 or leaving a voicemail at 469 277 2359. You can follow me as Pilot Stew, that's Stu, that's S T U, on Twitter, Facebook, or MyTransponder.com.
1: You can reach me on Twitter or my transponder as CFI Stew, that's S T E W, also at CFI And you can follow me on Twitter or my
2: transponder as ID Mike or at uh, November 225 Mike.com.
0: Or you can follow us collectively on Twitter or Facebook as Pilots Journey. Subscribe to the Pilot's Journey podcast in iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, or at thevoicesinyourhead.com. Also, please consider leaving your comments and rankings so that others can find the show.
1: Please note that this podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own qualified flight instructor before attempting anything discussed in this podcast.
2: And remember to enjoy the journey. Stew Productions and One Mike.